0: All right, welcome to episode 3.29 of the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This episode is going to be a little different than normal on two levels. One, rather than introducing another concept, we're actually wrapping the season up. I didn't want to end abruptly with the last episode, 28, on leading and following. I wanted to have one final one. That I could recap some of the, the highlights, the, the key takeaways that I hope that you, the listener, have gotten out of the series and, and out of the season. Uh, some personal benefit for me, like what, what the study has done for me and my walk with Jesus. And then just some encouragement uh, and suggestions on, on where to go from here. And this is not to say that we'll never do another unpacking. We may tack on other episodes down the road as we do more unpacking research into new topics. But we don't have anything specific, specifically planned right now because we've actually got other material that we want to roll out with some new formats that we want to introduce you to. And I'll, I'll explain all those um, in in the session. But I at least wanted to have one, like I said, kind of wrap up and tying everything together and speaking from the heart. And that's actually the the second way this is going to be different. This one's going to be a lot more casual. It's just me, uh, Zach, and our other guests are, are enjoying their uh, Christmas holidays we're at, It's actually December 31st So we're wrapping up 2018 Getting ready to head into the to the new year And so I'm sitting here at home on my couch Just relaxing, I've got ghosts sitting here next to me And I've got a loose outline uh, of, of some thoughts that I, I wanted to say And some specific points I wanted to make But really just kind of talking from the heart here uh, And want to encourage you on a, on a personal level I know a lot of, really most of the episodes That we've recorded, especially in this season But really in all three seasons they're, they're oftentimes very technical, they're very ordered and they're very structured with just a ton of content that can be overwhelming. And so this one I wanted to, to, to slow it down, uh, get a little more personal, maybe let you guys get a better feel for you know where I'm at and my walk and some of my passions for why I'm doing rekindling. And, uh, and so that let's just let's, let's just go with it. So what are some of the, the key takeaways? Or main things that I'm hoping you, the listener, are remembering as you've listened to the season. You know, maybe you've only listened to one or two episodes. It'd be awesome if you actually listened to all of them. Uh, doesn't matter, but maybe I can spark your interest if you haven't listened to all of them. As, we, as I talk about some of this stuff, maybe you'll go back and, and give those, those episodes a shot. The, the main way that I would sum this up, I, I like that quote most of you have heard as far as if you feed a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. If you teach him how to fish, he'll, he'll eat forever. And this season has been a lot of fish that we've been giving you, all these different unpacking concepts. I'm going to talk a little bit more about them in a moment. But it wasn't our hope just to give you fish. It's been our hope also that we're teaching you how to fish. We're teaching you how to unpack uh uh, different biblical concepts and topics on your own. And so we've we've recapped this numerous times, you know, through the episodes. But there's a, there's a methodical process that we that we go through. And and you know, the motivation there's there's multiple ways to study scripture, and I really think all of them are good. Uh, I love the kind of old-fashioned traditional way where you just go through scripture verse by verse, and you're looking contextually and historically, uh, you're looking at at some of the the, uh, original language there in those passages, you're looking contextually both within the immediate passage, within the the book as a whole, and within the Bible as a whole, uh, and really trying to get a, a great picture of uh, of that story or that parable or that command or that teaching, whatever it is that that passage is trying to give. I, I enjoy that so much. My, my Thursday night community groups, that's actually the process that we take. And we've already done uh, Genesis and Job, the first two books written. We've also done Revelation, so we have we have the bookends. We've done Exodus, and now we're actually we're in the Harmony of the Gospels. And I've enjoyed this process so much that I know we're going to do a season. I think it's going to be season four where I'm sorry, season five, we still have a little bit to go on that, but season five is we're actually going to start going through the books of the Bible. So I want to encourage you to go through that traditional format. And in the next couple of years, as we roll that season out, we start and that season is going to last, you know, years and decades as we go through all 66 books of of the Bible, Um, but go through that process. But, but, I hope that's not the only process that you go through. Also, there's times when, and my pastor Brenton would always say this, that you just want to meditate and chew on the scripture and not really do a study of it. Um, you just want to read it. I, I've heard people say, "Let the Bible interpret you rather than trying to interpret the Bible," and reflect on it. And so that's a, a second approach that you can take as far as just you know sitting and reading a short, maybe it's a psalm or reading a short passage, and then just maybe just even a couple of verses. And meditating on that, like, what is this saying? What is this telling me? What changes do I need to make? Uh, What, what you know, what what should I keep on doing right? You know, etc. And so, in addition to the traditional hermeneutical contextual approach, in addition to this, you know, methodical kind of uh, reflective, just meditation approach, we also have the unpacking approach, which is what we've done this season. And the big thing for me, and I've said this before. I, I would read articles or, or see a sermon, uh, you know, in a video where somebody would be explaining the biblical, biblical concept of love or joy or peace or whatever. And they would read one or two passages, maybe give a couple other verses, and then they would tell you, you know, okay, so this is, according to the Bible, this is what this, this concept is. But I knew that there's 31,107 verses in the Bible. And one of the things that we found through all our research is you pick some concept, it'll have anywhere between, if, if, it's a, if it's a somewhat prominent concept uh, within Scripture, it'll have anywhere between 400 and 3,400 mentions uh, in the text of the Bible. And so I didn't want to read just two or three passages and a couple other verses to conclude what that concept was. I felt that it was better, more difficult, and, and more time-consuming, but it would be better to actually read all 400 or all 1,600 or all 3,200 Verses that touch on that concept and then come to a conclusion of it all. And so that's how the, you know, the unpacking series started. And so we, through this whole season, we've shown you the the methodical process that we go through that, and I'm not going to go into too much detail here, uh, but just as a reminder, step one is, you know, you pick that concept that you've been wanting to study, whether it's love, joy, peace, faith, hope, um, anger, hate, anything. And you, you pick the concept and then you, you pick, you have to come up with the family of words that are related to that concept. So for example, let's say you wanted to do joy. You don't look up just the word joy. You're going to look up uh, joy, happy, glad, excited. You're going to look up all the different variations of that. So like with joy, joy, joyful, joyous, rejoice, rejoicing, rejoiced, past tense, present tense, um, you know, adjective, noun, etc. So you pick that concept, you put together the family of words all related to that concept, uh, and then you pick your translation. And we've, for the, for the season three here, we, for any of our studies, we always use the NASB, the New American Standard Bible. It's one of the more word-for-word translations. Now, I, on a quick side note with translations, I think that there are many, many great translations out there, each that serve their own purpose. There's a, a book by a guy, his last name is Dewey, D-E-W-E-Y, uh, on the different translations. And the title is something about, you know, which translation is the best. And what he concludes is you can't answer that question because, at least unequivocally, because they each have their own purpose. And so, like, when we do a serious word study, I'm going to use NASBY my general reading that i do is either the holman christian or the niv 84. Um, also will spend time in the nlt and the amplified i i grew up in the 70s which was when king james and and niv were kind of king james was transitioning in niv so half my verses that i had memorized as a kid are from the king james and so i still go back to that sometimes and, and then half from the the niv 84. Um, and then we, when we did the Job study, we actually used the message to work through the uh, the conversations. It was, it's, you know, it's a, a paraphrase, not a translation, but it's actually very, very helpful. So, so I, I want to encourage you. I, I think you should read through multiple translations because they each have their weaknesses, they each have their strengths, and, and bring them all together. You can, you can get a fuller picture. I actually just got a new translation. It's a new a Greek translation of the New Testament by a Greek scholar that I, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying. Anyways, but I, I would recommend to start with NASBY but then look at other ones as well. So, so you have that concept, you have the family of words, you've picked your translation, uh, and then you want to then you want to do a search for all the verses that mention that. And this is where, thankfully, we live in an age with software uh, that makes this a lot easier. And so, the two big ones that I use are eSword, which is free, and then you, there's you can Add on other translations which cost money I think I've spent maybe 120 bucks total adding on I think I've got 30 translations on, on eSword including different languages uh, and then and then Logos, uh, which is like the creme de la creme the, the, the both of them are very powerful uh, have very powerful tools for search engines there's more out there you can research you can find one that you like and run with that if you don't know where to start you can you can look up uh, you know the eSword or, or, or Logos. anyways so then you do your searches and you make a list of all the verses uh, that that mention that concept, you know, with a family of words there. And one of the reasons why I like Logos so much is. It actually will tell you some of the, the nuance, uh, the meaning of because uh, you'll find if you've gone through the study here that the Hebrew and the Greek words can have different definitions, just like in English. And so Lagos even goes a step further and tells you which definition is being used or which um, which concept or idea is being used in that verse, which is handy. So now you have your verses. And like I said before, most topics, most of the pro- primary topics will run between 400 and 3000 plus verses. So the next thing you want to do is go through all of them. And this can be very tedious and very draining and very time consuming. And so we definitely encourage you to do that in a group that you find three or four or 10 or 12 other people that are interested in that concept as well. And you guys go through this process together and you can split all those verses up. Um, and that makes it a little bit easier. You're trusting, You're trusting in others as you guys are working together to better understand God's word. Uh, and, and we do the studies in four to six weeks. They're, they're super, super intense. You may pick a concept and take a whole year to go through all the verses. There's no, there's no sprint to this. You, you go at the pace that, that you're comfortable with. And then as you go through the verses, you're not necessarily going to take notes about every single verse because a lot of the verses you're going to find that based on the context, it's not necessarily talking about the concept as a whole, but maybe very narrow rendering of it you also find that the Bible repeats itself a lot, which is a good thing, because it helps you understand what the Bible's trying to, to, to emphasize. So the point is, as you go through all the verses, you're actually going to kind of skim them as you read through each of them. And then what you're looking for is, ooh, what are the ones that seem to be tasty, that seem to really have some meat to it, uh, some really good insights into you know what the, uh, uh, what the word means or how, how that concept is supposed to be used or whatever. And you're going to star those. Those are the ones that you're, you're going to study more closely. And so let's say, you know, if you have between 400 and 3,200, you may end up starring or putting a note next to anywhere between 60 and 1,200 or 1,600 of them. Um, it's, just, it's just really going to depend on, on each concept. But, but those are the ones that you're going to study uh, and, and more closely. Now, before you do that, you also want to get into the, uh, the original languages. So depending on the software that you use, eSword and, and Logos are great for this as you go through all those verses, they'll tell you what the uh, the Hebrew or the Aramaic or the or the Greek wording was, and that gives, gives a definition. So one of the things that we do in, the, in our unpacking series, our process, is that we make a collection then of all the Hebrew and Aramaic and all the Greek words that are translated into English into this family of words, this concept that, we, that we've been studying. And you wanna take some time just looking through each of those definitions. We even go a step further and we, we take the Merriam-Webster and Farlex dictionaries and then we look up the keywords in those definitions to see what the English definitions are. Really to make sure we have this underlying foundation. A lot of times you can, can get some really cool, at least initial insights uh, or nuances to what those words mean. Um, that's going to help you better understand as you go into the verses. So once you have the the wording down and the definitions down and you have all the verses listed out then you can begin pouring through all the all the verses and what we've done and you can do this in your own way but we've taken uh we have four questions that we try to answer each time with each each, each unpacking concept the first one is so what is the definition what is the biblical definition of this word and it may be a broad maybe a multi-part definition Second is what are some of the main details and nuances about this word, about this concept that can really illuminate and give us some insight into who God is and, and what his plans are, what the scripture is trying to teach and what we should do uh, in response to that. And, and so that that becomes the biggest section as you start laying out all these bullet points of things you've been learning about that concept. The third question is now what's my motivation for trying to to pursue this concept more or if it's like a sin concept to avoid it more and this is a um a benefit question and so i found that in scripture in the church a lot of times we teach things out of obligation that you're just supposed to go do this but we find in the bible that god says yes there is an obligation that i am the king of kings i am sovereign and you are my children and so you need to need to trust me and do what i say um, but I also want to tell you, here's the benefits to that. Here's why I want you to do that. And so as you go through the study, and this has happened every one that we've done, you start seeing a list of benefits that will come with pursuing that or avoiding that, depending on what the concept is. And that, a lot of times, will motivate you more than just the obligation will. And then the fourth question is the application question, the, the so what. So given everything that I've been learning, how does this actually affect my life and kind of where I'm at? So, for example, we did a study on fear. And a lot of people that took that that study were people who dealt. They were afraid all the time. They had a lot of fear in their life. And so they wanted to understand what is fear and how can I resist it? And then inversely, what is fear of the Lord? And you can go back and, and you can listen to that episode. Um, but then they made they made a specific list. You know, each one was different for themselves on not what I've learned. This is what I'm going to apply to reduce the dread fear in my life and, and increase the excited uh, awe fear of the Lord uh, in, in return. So you, you do the application. And you may have other questions that, that you want to put in your list as well. Anyway, so that's that's a super quick, uh, well, quick for me, <laughs> anyways, summary of the unpacking process. And so this idea of uh, teaching you how to fish. And so like I said, we we're wrapping this season three up. We, down the road, we may add more unpacking topics. We want to. It's just a matter of the, the time that we have and what else we have going on. Um, but know that if, I think we've, so we've done, this is the 29th episode of the season. I think we've done 20, yeah, 28 to, uh, concepts, I guess. But there's more out there. And so if there's some other concept that you were interested in that we didn't do an unpacking on, you can go through that process yourself and again try to get a couple people to go to to go with you um so yeah so that's the teaching you how to fish and again i i want to emphasize and reiterate it's not the only approach to scripture to me there's there's the um the traditional uh hermeneutical contextual historical approach there's there's that kind of just meditating reflecting chewing on approach there's this unpacking approach there's other ones there's the, the 66 love letters approach by it with larry crab there's different ones that you that you you can try but this can be a really really good one to add to one or two other ways that that you do it and what's my hope for that why do i want you to go fish and why do i want you to do the research i'll explain that shortly um when i when i talk about just kind of where i'm at and what this stuff has done for me so that, that's one big thing is that teaching you how to fish, teaching you how to do this unpacking process uh, for you to do on your own. Then there was all the specific fish. And so I'm not going to recap every single uh, episode that we did in this season, uh, but going back through all of them, you know, we, we laid out why we're doing this and kind of what the approach was we and and this is obviously you're unpacking scripture and so we don't want to assume you know if if you're not a believer if you're not a follower of jesus listening to this uh, and you're asking well why why are you studying scripture that's a great question and so we spent a couple episodes explaining how the bible was written why it's so amazing uh and why we've chosen to try to unpack it and how we're going to go you know we're going to how we're going to go do that then we got into, you know, faith, hope, and love are three of the big ones. And so we did the episodes on hope and heaven, which are, the heaven one is probably my favorite, maybe along with love uh, and inner determinism. Those probably my, my favorite three. But hope can drive us. Hope can motivate us. And and looking at the refuge that we can take and the promises of what God is not doing yet, but is going to do, which, of course, culminates in, in heaven. And the more I think about it, the more excited I get and the more I'm like I can persevere through this life you know and, and get into the next one. And so having that hope in God and then placing your faith in him and we got into how faith equals belief plus trust and we, we broke all that down. Uh, and we talked about you know the seven stage journey from season one that you join Jesus's boat and you learn the basics, but then you don't stay there. You're supposed to get out in the water, you're supposed to go further in your faith. One of the phrases that I repeat time and time again is you want to apply the details of the Bible to the details of your life. When most Christians that stay in the boat, they're just applying the generalities of the Bible to the generalities of their life. And so most of what Reckinning does is, at least now, is aimed at the water-walking Christians, those Christians who want to go deeper, who want to level up, who want to become the complete version Mm -hmm. of themselves. And then we did love, which to me, everything comes back to love. Love is like the foundational principle of everything everything that's written in scripture. And most of us don't really fully understand how God sees love and, and what and, and the love that God developed. He came up with that concept, he created love, he is love. We only understand it partially. And as you understand it more in depth, as you get into scripture, go through all the verses, I think it was 14 or 1700, um, you're blown away. This is way bigger than I thought. We've, had, we've done the unpacking study several times on love. And each time we've done it, there's been at least one person that said something to the effect of, you know, I hate this study because beforehand I would have said I was loving. And now that I see all that it entails, I realize not that I'm unloving, but I'm, I love only a fraction of what I could. And when you start realizing God does that fully for you, for the whole world, it can be a game changer. Um, and then we got into a lot of the the high theology points like glory and what does it actually mean that God has glory? What does it mean to glorify God? That's a very challenging one. It's another one that I'm passionate about that the way the church usually uses that concept is a little bit different than what the Bible would say. And we talk about the relationship between love and glory and how, how love biblically love seems to be even emphasized more than glory. Uh, we got into interdeterminism, which is, Getting into how does God accomplish what He accomplishes, or when when events happen, why did they happen? Did God cause it? Did He allow it? Did man cause it? Did the enemy cause it? Was it random out of chance? And we go through a whole spectrum, uh, and, and we try to introduce you, you know, a new way of, of looking at that because that'll have a direct effect on on how you conclude or how you make uh, how you evaluate situations that have happened to you. Um, could go into a rabbit trail on that, and I'm not going to. But but go check that one out. That that's a huge um, pivotal episode. And that's um, I forget the number, but it's it's love, glory, interdeterminism, determinism, and then good. Then we got into good and evil, and that's another. Those are other foundational ones. And understanding when when the Bible talks about good and evil, what does it specifically mean with good, and what does it specifically mean with evil? The evil one actually ended up being I think a six or seven part. Uh, series, so it, it was it was the longest one. It has I think twenty four hundred or thirty two hundred verses in it, and so we broke down what is evil and sin, why does it occur, what are we supposed to do about that, how can we uh, reduce the sin in life, how should we biblically respond to our, our own sin, how should we biblically respond to other sin, and this is based on how God responds to sin that we find through Scripture. A ton of information on that. Um, that was one of the first ones that that I had personally studied after my prodigal son stage and i came back to the lord that really made me rethink um scripture and god and 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 the color uh in, in the text of the bible and what it has to say about sin and how i really do believe it. you know connor and zach and i did, did this whole six or seven part series and, I, and all three of us have concluded that that sin is a secondary issue that doesn't mean it's not important it's still important but it's not a primary issue um love and 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 just a relationship with god is the primary uh and then learning how ironically letting sin become a secondary issue actually relaxes you and frees you up a bit and that relaxed freed state doesn't actually cause you to sin more cause you to sin less there's just a lot to that now the evil sin thing always goes into suffering and you know and and the whole question of why does this all good all loving all knowing all powerful god allow evil and sin when he hates it and he allows suffering so we did an ep- we did three episodes on suffering prayer and grieving uh, suffering is is getting into what are the different types of suffering and the different causes of suffering and how to respond to that the grieving study was a, actually a very powerful one for me this year personally in learning to grieve when when i suffer and helping others grieve when, when they suffer and, and I, we, this one, the, the grieving study we did from both a scriptural and psychological perspective, we did a bunch of research um, based on psychology. We had actually, my friend Dr. Vicki Farrell was, was in on the episode helping us with that. And, and learning that, that scripture and psychological clinical type research actually lines up and agrees with each other on the grieving process. And we learned how we humans, it's not a natural talent. You don't automatically know it. And our society doesn't really embrace it very well. Um, and so, how freeing it is and how healthy it is to go through the grieving process is really good. And we, we put prayer kind of in the middle there. Scripture, prayer, and community for me are the big three pillars uh, to our faith. And so, we spent two episodes on what is prayer and what does it accomplish and how should you do it. And again, that's another one of those studies that once we went through it, you look at the traditional way that the american church or the western church sees prayer and we found that scripture would kind of take it to another level um and so that can be that can be really encouraging um then we went through um kind of in that vein still with how to deal with when people sin against you or how to deal when when suffering comes your way and so we did a series of episodes on patience one on patience and endurance and then we did one on righteousness and justice um, and getting back to what, you know, what is the biblical concept? How does the Bible define what is right and what is just? And then what does that mean? And, and how, do, how does, you know, a lot of us have heard that justice and mercy are kind of the two things in tension. And we found through the study that, that that's not true, that mercy is one of the greatest forms of justice. The tension is actually between justice and patience. Um, and that kind of put a new spin on the way we saw things. We did a study on judgment and punishment. We also did one on anger. Um, most of us see God as this, he's very quick to punish our sins. He's very angry. We should be scared of him. But again, through the unpacking process, we saw that's not exactly the case. There's, there's much more depth to it than, than just that. Um, sandwiched in between the, the judgment punishment and the anger studies, we did grace and mercy and forgiveness. And the mercy forgiveness one is another loaded one and we go through when the Bible says you should forgive one another and God forgives you, what does that actually mean? And the more that you, know, you first understand why God allows evil and sin and suffering, and then what his response to it is with patience and justice and judgment and maybe punishment uh, and also grace and mercy, all of that lets you better understand anger and what does it mean when he's angry? How anger is a tool that he uses. He's not constantly anger, angry. Uh, anger is an in the moment thing, occasionally that he uses when necessary. Then, then we took a break um, or kind of stepped out of that train of thoughts that we had, and we went through the kind of we did a whole episode of just putting it all together, kind of the elephant in the room, trying to tie all that stuff in. All right, so given all the stuff that we've done, what does this mean? How does it all interplay with each other? You know, et cetera. Um, and then we did fear and humility knowledge and wisdom peace and joy power and strength leading and following that was the last one that we did these are all come from the fruit of the spirit in galatians 5 uh from isaiah 11 from 2 peter 1. these are all kind of these great list passages that i I have always personally enjoyed and we broke down you know each of those and what they mean the peace and joy are other really really good ones um and understanding that god is always at peace and god is always rejoicing and and we, we had a conversation with a friend recently where she was thinking that we don't always have joy available to us, but definitely we have those moments of joy that keep us going. And I was telling her that, you know, in in this unpacking process that we went through, we actually found that joy is always available. It's very difficult and we don't always rejoice. But it is always available, and, and you have to be very intentional uh, and strive to find those things that bring that joy. And we, we broke down some of the categories of, of how, how joy works. Just a lot of good stuff with all of this. Um, and so so a bunch of fish that we've given you. And one of the reasons that we did so many is, you know, I know what my favorites are, and I know the ones that, that mean a lot to me. And other ones i'm at a place in my life it's not as much on my radar or i haven't understood it as much or it doesn't resonate as much but then someone else it really resonates with them and so we knew not to pick just a couple we knew to to list out as many as we as we could with some logical order you know that 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 we put them with put them into that that way anybody coming into the season can uh can, can pick and choose. They don't have to go in order, and they can pick the one or two that that is is really important for them and really study that more. This this actually harks back to the um, season one when we talk about the spiritual lenses, and we one the main umbrella lens that I use is the the seven stage journey, and we talk about you. Know, and I mentioned earlier going from the the boat riding to the the water walking, and when you're out on the water and you're trying to go deeper in your faith. We, the, the little visual that I gave was out there in the waters, all these training areas. And really you could say each of these fish are training areas. So humility is a training area. Peace is a training area. Love is this huge training area. Uh, anger is a training area, you know, et cetera. And the idea as you mature in your faith is you're gonna, you can only do one or two, maybe three at a time. And it takes anywhere between three months and three years to master a training area. And so that, that maturing process, that water walking process is slowing everything down. It's not a sprint to become this perfect uh, Christian. Even quick side note on that. This is in, in Matthew. It talks about be perfect as the Lord is perfect. Uh, my buddy who's, who's uh, a Greek scholar, he's on the board for rekindling. I was asking him about that passage and he was saying how it's not, like this imperative command to go be perfect without sin. First thing to understand is that perfect in the Bible is more about complete than it is without error. It's both, but the emphasis biblically when you're perfect is you're complete. Um, And then second, it's not that imperative command. It's rather just a statement saying this is going to happen. You are going to become complete as the Lord is complete. And what was fascinating was this was in the context of the love your enemy passage. And so if, if you put all that together, what you're seeing is as you begin to love your enemy as the Lord loved us when we were still his enemies. Um, as you begin to love your enemies, you're going to become more complete just as God already is complete. And that's just a, a kind of a really, really cool um kind of thing with that but anyways so so this whole idea of water walking you're you're slowing everything down you're you, you know pick you and this let's spirit lead you on this but you pick those training areas that that you feel are the next things you're supposed to focus on and so you, you listen to these different episodes you unpack that um i've spent i spent three plus years on the patience one i'm um, in two plus years on the joy one these these take time for me um Anyways, and so, so we laid all this fish out, all these different training areas. There's more out there um, that, that you can go through. And so what's, you know, where, where one of my hopes that you, that you take away from this is the, is the learning how to fish and do the unpacking stuff. Other takeaways that I hope is that you find the one or two episodes or the three or four uh, those concepts that just at the place that you're in in life right now is what you needed to to chew on, what you needed to process through, um, and and explore them and chew on them and begin to apply them, begin to embrace them, let them, let them become part of your uh, of your psyche, you know, uh, deep down, and um, and then run with it, right, and and let let it go wherever wherever it takes you. And then the other big takeaway. that that i hope for as you've listened to these episodes and, and i think the more that you've listened to them the more that you'll have picked up on this as you read scripture as you you know whatever approach you take unpacking hermeneutical whatever you're starting to realize to be flexible uh and to be humble just to sit at the feet of the text there's another phrase that that i always say which is let the bible paint the picture it wants to paint um, cause a lot of times it'll paint something slightly different than the, the picture that, that, that you've had. And it reminds me, there's a, a book I read a number of years ago. Um, uh, Van Kampen is the author's name. It's called the the sign, I think. And it's, it's an eschatology book. And it goes through all these different theories on, on how, what the Bible says about the end times. And one of the things that he had said in the introduction that had really jumped out at me, he says, typically, when we're, tr- we're forming our theology and our doctrine, we read a couple different passages or a couple different verses, and then we conclude kind of what our, our, um, our theology is on that. And then down the road, we come across another verse that touches on that topic, but is outside what the theology that we had formed was. And so what we typically do as humans, because you don't want to change what you believe. That would admit that you were wrong or only partially right. We reinterpret that verse that we just found to fit inside the theology we've already concluded. Like we all do this. And what he said was you want to take this approach where you have to readjust your theology to now include that verse. And that can be very stretching. And there's just the whole psychology of not wanting to admit change one's belief or admit that one was wrong or only partially right but we've found through all of these studies that we need to most of us that have went through a bunch of these you can ask any one of us we've all had our theology changed where when we we first were in in knee deep in the research oh i'm not liking this because i've always thought this but then you read enough other verses the discussions in the groups and you realize oh actually i think this is probably the more complete answer uh the more thorough answer and so i hope that as you have learned how to fish and i hope that as you have some of your favorite fish in the basket already as you're, as you're trying to, to mature in your faith that you're also taking this this flexible approach realizing that like I, I had once someone tell me that i trusted he said you try to avoid using the statement the bible clearly teaches <laughs> it's something we we hear all the time we say all the time there are a couple things that the Bible does clearly teach that God exists, that God created the universe, that, that Jesus is the son of God, that he died on the cross for an atonement for our sins, those those core basic principles of the faith. But once you get beyond that, it gets very nuanced. The Bible doesn't always give all the details, and there are certain gaps in, in these concepts, and so we make certain assumptions. And... And I've learned how much God values unity in the midst of diversity, not uniformity. And so putting all that together, I've, Zach always uses this phrase where he says, hold your theology in your hand loosely, not firmly, but not like carelessly. So of course you can't see see me as I'm saying this, but if you have your hand open and your, like your, your palm is face up and your fingers are like kind of bending backwards a little bit, and you put your theology in your hand. There's no structure; to, it could easily fall off. But then the opposite end of the, the the spectrum there is to cling super tightly and squeeze the life out of it, and not let any change be made to it whatsoever. And you don't want either of those extremes. And so you have your hand, w- palm up, with your fingers curved somewhat around, but still, but still loose, still flexible, uh, and allow it to be a breathing theology. Uh, as you get older and you experience things in life, as you study scripture more, as you pray more, as you hear God in prayer more, uh, as you learn from others more, all of these things are, are going are to change and adapt uh, your theology. So, so just be not, not, not loose, but be, be flexible uh, with that. Let the Bible really, like I said, paint the picture it wants to paint, and it paints it in color. Sometimes it's watercolors, um, and things bleed a little bit into the next thing. And I found that the more that I've understood that, the more that I've embraced that, and kind of humbled myself and sat at the feet of that, the more things have begun to to, to make sense. So that's the, that's another encouragement that I have for you. Um, learn how to fish. Take the fish that we gave you in this episode and chew on them, and 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 get life and encouragement out of them. Uh, and then and then be be flexible and healthy and humble as you as you go through this approach. You know, from here on out. So that was, that was one thing that I wanted to cover in this, in this episode, this session. The second thing that I want to talk just a little bit about, you know, I told you I wanted to kind of speak from the heart and, and let you know what this has done for me. Without giving you my whole kind of testimony story, you can go back to season one and the first episode, 1.00, uh, 1.01. 01. I go through a little bit of my story. I you know, grew up in the church in a really strong, awesome Christian family. And then my twenties was a prodigal son stage. Um, Didn't reject Jesus, didn't reject the Bible, but put them both in my back pocket and wanted to live life my way. Was bartending for a good chunk of that time. It was you know heavy drinking and drugs and sleeping around and all kinds of stuff. And by the end of that decade, realized that that's not the life that I wanted to live. Um, I wanted something more, something greater, something better. And I knew the answer. I knew the answer was to, to get back with God. And so, so recommitted to Him. And as I recommitted to him, got back into Scripture again. Still wasn't ready to go to church yet. I still had bad connotations of church. And But reading Scripture again, I had read it when I was younger, but reading it with this fresh set of eyes and seeing the color and learning about the Hebrew and the Greek and the apologetics of how the Bible was formed and the accuracy and the copying, it was so mind-blowing to me. So the Bible itself was, I was just fascinated with the Bible itself. Um, this was an amazing, amazing book or series of books, right? It's these 66 letters that were put together. And as I got, so I want to encourage people, let the Bible impress you. Um, it's full of color. It's full of magic. It's full of, of inspiration. Um, read it slowly. Let it read you and and learn to trust in it more. And that that was kind of the first thing that, that happened to me. And then as I did that, I said, "Okay, so what does this book tell me about God?" And you know, I grew up in a little stricter background, and my idea of God <coughs> was that he was always on edge because of all the sin in the world, always ticked off. And so I was always on eggshells around him, so I thought I might do something that would, you know, would piss him off. And as I went through Scripture, I started understanding more of His character and and love. Um, and so this is like with some of these uh, these fish of these these unpacking episodes. As I understood inner determinism more, um, as I understood love more, as I understood glory more, um, omniscience more, all of these things. Just this is over. You know that was in my early thirties. Now I'm in my mid forties. So you know 13, 14 years or so. Um, was just more and more blown away by who he is, what he was doing, and even more specifically why he was doing it and how he was doing it. And so I began to trust in him even more, and that freed me up a little bit in prayer and to start listening to him in prayer more, which is a whole can of worms, you know, that, that we go into in in the prayer episode, how to hear God's voice, what that what that means exactly, and. Begun to hear him more, and all I was hearing was just love and encouragement, um, and 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 he was calling me to something greater, and found my calling with 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 rekindling. Um, continued all of this water walking, you know, the the step by step approach, the um, learning that that I'm a perfectionist and realizing how wrong that is <laughs> to be that, and learning how impo- how important patience and joy were going to be in my life. So I told you these last three or four years. Um, Really trying to unpack what is patience? What is joy? Why are they so beneficial? How do I get it? etc., has has freed me up tremendously. And I'm a type A personality more high strung uh, on the Enneagram. I'm a one, the reformer, mostly I'm a mix of a couple, but, um, Type A, I'm, I'm a uh, D and C and I on the disc. And you go back to season two and listen to Know They Self, and you walk through what, what you are, right? And, and what that means. But just learning that God wanted me to relax a little more and just to enjoy life a little more. And these unpacking studies have done that for me tremendously. You know, season one was all the lenses, different perspectives or paradigms that we can hold to to help make better decisions those were all early on um as i was coming back to the lord that was help helping me see things better and and put and put a proper paradigm and perspective on things and and the know thyself and and learning what my calling was to be this this modern day gandalf you know was was fantastic and then going through all of these these unpacking studies um and you can hear the ones that i keep referencing the ones i keep coming back to they they've affected me so Without getting into into a ton of detail, twenty seventeen was a was a rough year internally for me, and it was my fault. We are, are all of us are our own worst enemies. And the end of twenty sixteen and early twenty seventeen, if, if I I've, I've always given the analogy of like if you're riding a bike, you can pedal for a while and you can stop pedaling, and the bike will still continue right because you had that that mo- momentum. Um, but it only take you so far, and you need to start pedaling again. And if you don't resume pedaling, eventually the bike falls over. And that was kind of what was happening to me spiritually. I think I went to seminary from 2010 to 2013, and then went full-time with rekindling from 2013 to 2016, and then was getting a little burnout, had some challenges with some relationships and some different things that I was dealing with, and had late 2016 early 2017 had stopped pedaling spiritually as far as spending that regular consistent time with god in prayer and you know and my prayer life has changed so much it's not about praying about things it's just about talking with god um and i'd stopped doing that and so i fell over and spiritual warfare kicked in and all my muddy fields all those things i struggle with the most came back out again um and then through that i got weak and in, in my weakness i was getting really angry at god i was i was blaming him uh for stuff going wrong there in 2017 and like i would yell at him i was cussing him out um several times and like it, you know deep down in my head i was like freaking out as i'm watching myself cuss out the creator of the universe like i probably shouldn't be doing that um and knew that this anger where was this anger coming from it was like rage it was just bad and so a year ago as as 2018 was was rolling rolling in just Feeling like, like I, I, I got to a point where I was, you know, ready to give up on my way of doing things. Not give up on life. Um, I, I was having this battle of wills with God. By the twenty, by the end of twenty uh, seventeen, I'd given up on that. Fine, God, you win, because <laughs> um, I'm clearly not going to win this this battle. And given up on that, and kind of humbling myself before Him, let a lot of the the spiritual warfare go away, and was a little bit freer. Could hear God's voice again. And again, heard love and forgiveness and encouragement and this call to step up. And and what I felt like he was telling me in 2018 was kind of two things. One was to sit in the mud of life more and just allow life to be muddy, allow it to be messy. Be more patient and forgiving and accepting of uh, of things I do wrong, of things other people do wrong. And then also to sit on his shoulders more and to let him do more in my life. Um it was one of those. Hey, God, I I got this. This is my responsibility. I'd be cheating if I let you do it. I'm supposed to do this, and God's saying, Hey, let's. I still want you to strive. I still, I still, you still have responsibilities, but let's pull back a little bit on that and let me fill in the gaps. Let me cover your shift, uh, a restaurant term. Um, and so this year I've done that, and as we've gone through the the unpacking studies. And, you know, been doing the podcast this season three. We have the, the Know They God study that we're doing, which I'll tell you about here in a minute. Um, all of that and learning all these things and being like, I wonder if they're really true. I think they are because I believe that the scripture is infallible and authoritative and transformative. It's magical. Um, I believe it's truth. And so these studies are saying the Bible says X, Y, and Z about these concepts. I'm gonna assume that they're true until I have to you know, uh, think otherwise if some other information comes out. But believing in these things has brought me so much comfort, so much peace of mind. It's a lot of work, but it's rewarding. I always tell people when you're water walking, it's the most difficult thing you'll ever do, but it's also the most rewarding thing you'll ever do. And so this year has been awesome, and I'm really excited for 2019 uh, as, as it rolls out. I've got some new work that I'm doing that's gonna change rekindling a little bit, I think, for the better. Um, I'm just pumped. I I had got, you know, kind of rebooted with with God again, back up on the bike, pedaling, you know, in this prayer time, using the things that I was learning in the unpacking studies in my prayer time, talking with God. And and I'm like, if so, if this is what peace is and this is what joy is and this is what love is, and these are all fruit of the spirit, and you Lord, are spirit, <coughs> which means you are all of these things and they're full versions. Then you're different than I thought. You're better than I thought. Um, this is amazing, and and so I just I wanted to share that with you to let you know that th- this is not just um, an intellectual thing that we do. Rikin is very kind of high intellect, but it's also high passion and and high emotion. And so I wanted to take a little bit of time to let you know how much this stuff has affected me, um, and and transformed me and helped me move one small step towards the more complete version of me um and i'm super thankful for that and so i hopefully as you have listened to these episodes you've already figured this stuff out that, that this stuff can affect you it can benefit you it can transform you um but i wanted to share you know what it's meant for me and how much i, I really enjoyed that and so that segues into the the other thing that i the last thing that i wanted to share which is what's next wh- where to go from here um, for you personally, it would be continue fishing, right? Continue doing these these studies. Go back and listen to the other episodes. Go back and listen to the, the other seasons, um, and then pick and choose. You know, we we. It's never my intention that somebody would all of a sudden embrace every single thing that Rekindling teaches. Um, the way that I see it is like the Batman utility belt that, or if you walk into a, a this awesome, very nice, um, state of the art shed work work shed that. We're putting out all these tools, all these manuals, all these descriptions, all these posters, et cetera, um, that you can come in and you can find the ones that most resonate with you, that most benefit and impact you or impact those around you, and use those. Um, it may be only one or two things from, you know, the, from the lenses, EIE or, or Muddy Fields or Flight, Fight, Persevere, or Be Do Have or Sweet and Sour. Or it was something from Know Thyself, or it was one of these unpacking topics that we did, whatever. Um, but but take that and run with that, and let that just be a tool for you uh, as you continue trusting in Scripture more and trusting in God more uh, and seeing the full color of all this. You know, like going back to the the rekindling name. Um, it comes from Tolkien. It comes from the Silmarillion and and uh, the Ring of Fire that that Gandalf gets the Kurd and the shipwright tells them and herewith maybe thou shalt rekindle hearts to the valor of old in a world that grows chill. And you know, I feel like that's what my calling is, and that's the purpose of rekindling is to stir up these passions for God and for self and for others uh, by applying the details of the Bible to the details of our life and just seeing where it goes. Um I I believe, you know, without going too much into this, I hold it more of an easy believism as far as Romans 10 nine if you sincerely confess that jesus is lord and you believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you're saved um and i think about first corinthians 3 and the parable of the talents and other passages that there, you know most of the world never really chooses to to believe in jesus and then most of those that choose to believe in jesus don't really go much beyond that um and the fire in first corinthians 3 judgment will burn up the wood hay straw that they built in life um, and that'll be consumed and and they'll have nothing to show for it They themselves will still get in with not much more but there's other christians and and the more the merrier here where you're building not with wood hay straw but gold silver and costly stones and then that fire of judgment they survive that and you come in with reward the well done good and faithful servant and it's not just, you're not doing it just for your benefit, uh, for, for these future rewards. There's also benefit for you in the now because you, you become stronger and more resilient and more impactful. But there's also benefit for others. You make God smile more and please Him. This is the big one. Um, these are the things that He wants us to do. He wants us to grow. He wants us to transform. Um, and it's difficult and it requires intentionality and effort and time. Um, but I want to encourage people to to do that, to, to run with it, whatever direction, whatever pace uh, but Just use, use Rekindling, what we're teaching here, as, as a tool. Uh, and then as far as where's Rekindling going from here, um, what's next as, as, as we wrap up this season three? Um, we're going to, I mentioned at the beginning, we're going to introduce a new format in the next month or so. Uh, we're going to experiment a little bit, but the idea is they're going to be called Fireside Chats, and where most of the episodes that we've recorded so far were highly structured, highly outlined with a ton of information. Um, kind of you know boom, boom boom. We're gonna take a more casual approach like this one, but not just me. We're, gonna, we're getting some new equipment. And the idea is we're gonna have uh, we're gonna get a group of four, five, six, maybe seven, or even eight people uh, in, in a room together. And we've got, we're gonna do it probably here at my house with the, my little faux fireplace. And we're just going to sit around and talk. And we'll we'll have a general idea, a general point uh, or points that we want to cover in that conversation. And, and, of course, you know most of our episodes, our original goal for Rekindling, we thought we'd probably do like 40 or 45-minute episodes. And then almost all of them have ran one, two, or three hours. Um, The Fireside Chats are going to stick back to that like 30 or 40-minute discussion time. And we might, I think we're going to roll them out maybe every other week. And so not, not necessarily an every week type thing, but it's just casual conversations. It'll probably mostly be Christians. There'll be some non-Christians that, that we that we invite in that want to be a part of this. And we'll talk. Maybe it'll be politics. Maybe it'll be theology. Maybe, maybe it'll be culture and, and movies or a combination of things. Um, the the individuals, some of them you'll have known their voices before because they've been on guests. Others we're bringing in that I've known for a long time. And we don't always agree on everything. And that's kind of one of the points of these fireside chats. It's just some casual conversation. You see some people in action um, as, we, as, we, as we discuss things. It's not about debating. It's not about trying to prove our point and convince another. It's going to be more about just illuminating and like sharing why we hold to what we hold and, and letting us understand the other side more and really trying to celebrate that unity in the midst of diversity and, and have some fun. And maybe just be kind of silly, you know. I, in, in all honesty, I've thought about w- would I listen to a podcast with a bunch of people just talking on it. Well, it would depend. What were they talking about? What were their personalities like, et cetera? And so, well, I knew a, a lot of people will listen to stuff like that. So, so through the spring, and and I, maybe through the summer, we'll see how the, how this goes. We're gonna do these these fireside chats, and, and we'll see where they go. And by the way, we're always looking for feedback, and so you can comment there on, on Podbean, or you can email us at info at rekindlingministries.com, com, or you can comment on the face on Facebook, Rekindling's Facebook page, um, and tell us things that you would like to hear, and and then we'll, we'll we'll do that. And so we're gonna we're gonna work on that through through the spring and summer. I think we're gonna try to to roll out the podcast on. Um, spotify and itunes and some other ones in addition to podbean love podbean i just wanted to get it out uh, into some other areas as well and then right now we're looking at in august we'll start recording season four and then that will actually start airing in september of 2019 and season four is going to be know thy god so you know season one is is the lenses see the unseen season two is know thyself season three is unpacking season four is know thy god um, season five is going to be the scripture, the books of the Bible, and then season six is going to be Know Thy Neighbor. So we have a pattern with all of this. And so the Know Thy God will probably run about 40 episodes. It will be even longer than um, the uh, season three here. And without going into it, we're, we're we've, for about six months now, we've got another six months to go, we're, we have a team together doing a year-long research into taking everything that we've been learning and, and putting together a structured plan of who is God, what does it mean that he's holy, what does it mean that he's sovereign, what does it mean that he's triune, what does it mean that he's love, what does it mean that he's He's just, um, and just tie all those things together and try to put some structure to all of it. And really, it, it won't be fully comprehensive, because we won't fully understand God until heaven, but to be as comprehensive as we can, and it won't be 100% correct because we're humans and we make mistakes, but to be as, as, as accurate as we can, into who God is so we're doing all the research now we're actually going to roll out a class uh, that we'll offer here in, in Lynchburg Virginia and then we're going to be doing a podcast on it we're, and this the plan is to have actual a manual that we're going to develop um, that we'll probably put in PDF form so you can listen to in the podcast and, and you can buy the, uh, the manual and download it and kind of follow along that way that one's going to be intense um, it's just help it's trying to get us to better understand God is way bigger than, than we realize, way gooder than we realize, uh, and we can be moved by that. And so that will be season four, and then that will run through in into 2020. And then season five is going to be the books of the Bible. And so season five will run, like, like I said, years and years and decades. Um, I would like to be able to go through all of them sequen- uh, chronologically, not necessarily in the order that the Bible has them in, but chron- uh, chronologically when they were written. Uh, or when the events took place maybe um, we'll see how that, how that plays out we, we may bounce around a little bit kind of hit key key books and then and then come back from there but anyways that one will be private for, for the rest of my life as we're developing the studies um, in my small group and other classes and then rolling out the podcast um, I'm excited about that I really really am I, I kind of want to start that this next year I may I may do Genesis um, this year and kind of go out of order I haven't decided yet, but just, just you know, honestly, so you kind of know where, where we're going with this. And then season six was a couple years from now. And and we might, like in season five, we might take a break a little bit from some of the books of the Bible to go record season six, then we'll come back to season five and continue with that. Um, but season six will be know thy neighbor. And so you'll have, eventually you'll have know thyself, know thy God, and know thy neighbor. And this is the love your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so know thy neighbor is going to... Bring love back and reiterate what love is and what it means, what community is. We'll talk about church, the body of Christ, the assembly of believers, um, how to love your enemy, how to turn the other cheek, uh, how to respond to the wickedness and wrongs of others. And it'll be a lot of repeat, but kind of tie it all together in the idea of community and relationships with other people. Um, And then we have, I think there'll be a season seven if we can get to it before I die I uh, have some ideas of, of what it's gonna look like that may change as, as we kind of go through things but there's there's one of those planned as well um, so that's just to, to let you guys know what we've got uh, coming up down the down the pipeline so that's really it um, I'll wrap up with that so we're looking at about an hour uh, what was the total total here And so keep listening. Um, I really do want to ask that that if you're enjoying these studies, that you share it with your friends. You know, all these podcasts are free. Um, And so share it with your friends, with coworkers, whether they're believers or not. If someone has a question about something, oh hey, you need to go check this this episode out. Each episode is written to be self-standing, even though we record them all in this sequential kind of logical order because we're trying to paint this picture um but but pass that on I I I do I believe passionately in this material it's affected me it's affected those around me we believe strongly in it um and we'd love to see this this message spread it's not about our names or money or any of that kind of stuff it's just about getting this stuff out there um for others to be to be impacted Uh, in some really, really cool ways. So I love you guys um, for listening to these episodes. Please keep listening. Please keep giving feedback. Please keep applying what you're learning. Um, And I pray that that God, we can truly begin to recognize his resplendent heaviness and revel in it and reflect it and uh, and reveal it to others. So let him love you. Love him in return. Love yourself. Love others. And on we go. Thanks.